Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to a day of prayer. We're doing our morning Bible study, and we have our children here with us. And this is something we do daily um, during the week as our time of fellowship with each other and with the Lord, you know, studying the Word of God. So we've got Kyla, who's the oldest, Layla, who's next, La Charles, and then Promise. Hello. Um, so we've got two girls, two boys. The girls are the oldest and the boys are the youngest. I just want to make sure we had took a chance to introduce them to you. And we're going to continue our study in 1 Samuel chapter 7. If you weren't here with us last week, we kind of took a little a moment to discuss some things because it looked like um, the word was kind of guiding us in a certain way and believing that God taught us by sickness or disease. And we just took some time to address that, that God never teaches us with sickness and disease. He loves us and he's only a good God who does only good things. So if you didn't have a chance yet, go ahead and check that out. Um, but otherwise, we're just going to get into the word today. But first, we're going to have Layla open us up in prayer. Lord, I thank you for today and for your word, God, and for the things that you're doing for us, Lord. And for watching over us and protecting us, Lord, and giving us strong minds, sound minds, whole minds, Lord, and a spirit of love, Lord, and peace that passes all understanding, Lord, and just for sending your Holy Spirit to guide us, Lord, into all truths and, so, and lead us from victory to victory each and every day, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so, chapter 7. I would like to read verses 1 through 8. Okay. The Charles? Yes. Oh, okay. Then the men of Kerjath Jerem took the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab on the hill and consecrated Eleazar, his son, to keep the ark of the Lord. So it was that the ark remained in Kith Jerem a long time. It was there twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after Lament, the Lord. Lamented. Lamented after the Lord. Mm -hmm. Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the foreign gods and the asterisks from among you, and prepare your hearts for the Lord, and serve him only. And he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the children of Israel put away the bales and the asterisks and served the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered together at Mizpah, drew water, and poured it out before the Lord. And they fasted that day and said, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. Then when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together at Mitzpah, the lords, of the, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard of it, they were afraid of the Philistines. So the children of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out 
to the Lord our God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. There's a lot in there. What jumped out to you guys? Uh, first thing that I was noticing was that us just like the Philistines who just remind me of the previous chapter how they've been so willing to give it back to Israel and they're doing all this stuff but then next minute they're trying to go attack them again. No, it's 20 years later. <laughs> Even though you're reading it on the page. On the page it's like, oh, and next, and next, and next. But there's oftentimes space that happens in between there. So in this case, it tells us it was 20 years that time went by. But that's also the time for another generation to rise up and go. Exactly. We didn't experience this. You know, we didn't, we didn't have the um, experience that the generation before us did. We see that with the children of Israel all the time. And God's like, whoa, wait a second. And that's why he... He, he made it a commandment for the parents to teach their children who he is so they don't grow up and forget him or have an instance where they don't know who they come into a place of being aware and wanting to enact in certain behaviors and not know who God is. So that's why he tells us to teach our children. Okay, anyone else? You know, I... Were you going to say something, sweetheart? Okay. I thought of when he was, um, Samuel was talking to them, and he said, Put away the foreign gods and the Ashtoreths from among you and prepare your hearts for the Lord and serve him only. Mm -hmm. it, and then he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. It reminded me of 1 Corinthians 10, 21. It says, You cannot drink the... You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? And it just brought me back to God has to be your all in all. He has to be the Lord God only in your life. And you cannot have anything else coupled with him like oh we love you god but we're going to take this little superstition over here and we're going to worship that as well we're going to take this little um tradition that we have over there because you can't have god's best with things of the enemy mingled in there when when jesus was here on the earth he said right before he was getting ready to you know endure the cross and suffer there one of the things he said to his disciples was the god of this world is coming but he has nothing in me. Meaning there was nothing that the enemy could claim in his life and go, well, that's mine. I have a reason to be here. I have a reason to enact and mm -hmm. cause stealing, killing, or destroying in your life. You cannot have opportunities or give opportunities for Satan in your life and then think, well, why is this happening? Because you've, you've invited the enemy into your home, right? And so the enemy's gonna do what the enemy does but put him out from you and then only have God. And then that way you're safe and sound and delivered. That's what that reminded me of. That, that keeps me in a place of stick close to God because what do I need the enemy for? What do I need a little bit of the world's ways and How are traditions? How your life? Yeah, I don't need any of it. I want all God all the time. <laughs> I want what he has. Amen. It doesn't mean we don't enjoy things and have fun together. 
but it does mean that we don't pursue a worldly way of living or thought processes or any of those things. That's, that's the message and the reminder for all of us every day. It's funny you brought that up. Uh, I was reminded of Joshua and his, I'll say, departure speech um, at the end of the, of the book of Joshua, chapter 24. And um, well, we'll start in verse 12. It says, I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out before you, also the kings of the Amorites but not with your sword or with your bow. Eyes in the Lord have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities for which you did not build, and you dwell in them, and you eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Verse 14 especially. Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And he, he admonishes them, serve the Lord. But then in verse 15, immediately after saying, serve the Lord, he says, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers serve that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me as my in my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. But there, and then they continue, oh, no, uh, the Lord did all this for us, and he drove us out, we'll serve the Lord, for he's our God. And then in verse 19, he reminds you cannot serve the Lord. Uh, he's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions and your sins if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods. Then he will turn and do you harm and consume you, for he has done you good. Again, it's not that the Lord did those things. It's that he removed his covering mm-hmm. because of sin. And sin, when it reaches its fullness, brings forth death. Mm-hmm. It displaces us from the blessings and benefits that the Lord has given mm-hmm. us, freely given us, or placed upon us. And you see that same thing played out here, mm-hmm. where they wanted to do things their own way. They did not respect or reverence or revere, excuse me, the Lord. There was no reverence for him. So that they pushed him out of the way, peered into the, the Ark of the Covenant, and then... Um, as after being struck down, they called for people to have it removed. Mm-hmm. And um, But then it goes into, they were in captivity for 20 years. 20 years the ark remained at Kirjath-Jerim. 20 years. 20 years under captivity, or in captivity, under the rule of the Philistines. That's a, that's a long time. And like you pointed out, it's incomplete. It's a generation, or half a generation, mm-hmm. enough for the for them to grow and become adults or, mm-hmm. um, you know, adolescents at the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. So, or I should say, enough enough time for them to be able to know and make right and righteous decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there is the. The admonishment from Samuel, same thing, right? Serve the Lord, prepare your hearts, and serve the Lord only, mm-hmm. and he'll deliver you, just like he has in the past, right? We're, mm-hmm. We just read that in Joshua, and that's another promise of the Lord that we see uh, throughout Scripture, but a lot of times we look at Second uh, Chronicles 7, verse 14, right? 
my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive them their sin and heal the land. And Samuel admonishes them to do this exact same thing here. But the other thing that I wanted to point out, which I was interesting, but it's also something that we should recognize, right? We should be aware of the schemes of, of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Anytime someone tries to draw close to God, right? Submit to God, resist mm-hmm. the devil, and he will flee. We The, the first part is submitting to God, mm-hmm. drawing near to him, drawing close to him. Mm-hmm. Clearly the devil doesn't want that to happen and tries to tries to attack us, tries to prevent us mm-hmm. from continuing forth mm-hmm. in our relationship with the Lord. See that exact thing here. They were gathering together at Mizpah. They drew water, they poured it out. So Samuel judged the children of Israel. And by judge, it's not saying that you're, you're guilty. That's not what that's referring to. But it's about making things right with the Lord mm-hmm. and each other. There's a forgiveness, there's a repentance, which you see happening there. But then, like I said, immediately after, uh, Israel hears that the Philistines were coming against them, and then they became afraid. And then Samuel again admonishes them, do not cease to cry out to the Lord. Do not forsake the Lord. Do not turn away. Remain with him, right, is what he's saying. For the Lord, our God, is for us. He may save us from the hand of the Philistines. In other words, we can't do it ourselves. Without him, we can do nothing. But he, again, like we were saying last week, or uh, the last lesson, last Bible study, was about the Lord's our protector. He's our shield. He's our tower. Right? He will do all the things he said he would do. Mm-hmm. He's not a man that he should lie. Mm-hmm. He's God. He doesn't change. If he said mm-hmm. something, he will do it. Are there conditions sometimes? Sure. But ultimately, it just comes down to Seek the Lord and obey Him. Mm-hmm. And have faith. Trust and, Him. Exactly. And have faith. He will do what He said He'll do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so you, you mentioned something, honey, that uh, about how conveniently it seems like the enemy stirs up right when we make that decision and that commitment. Yes, I'm going to serve you, Lord. And we come back to repent and humble ourselves. And... The enemy comes back to be a distraction because he knows that if you cast, if you submit to God, if you get rid of the things that belong to him previously, I just said that Jesus said the world, the God of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. Mm-hmm. The enemy knows if you put away those things and you submit to God and humble yourself, you are going to cast him out. He will be cast out of that situation. So that, that kind of gives you a, a perspective of how significant this is what what kind of spiritual laws being enacted here and how important it is and even if the enemy does try to be a distraction to you and keep you from coming back to the lord and returning to him push through it don't listen cry out to god and hold on to him and cry out what i mean is god is not he's never far away off it's usually us it's us that's removed ourselves from him but keep pursuing him set your focus in your mind of lord i'm coming and nobody's going to stand between us. Now, the better thing is don't let anything come between you and the Lord ever. Exactly. Stay close to him at all times. But for people that it has happened, don't be shy. Come on back. And um, even when the enemy rises up in a, a 
expect some resistance mm-hmm. uh, of course uh, i mean look let's look at how this thing played out here 20 years it doesn't say that that the philistines continually rose up against them even though israel was underneath the philistines at this point why because there was no need they were just living in the daily acceptance of this is just how things are but then they had also drawn further away from the lord or i'd say drawn for they've just they walked further away from the Lord and in the fact that, well, they were serving other gods, right? Mm-hmm. The Asherahs, the Baals, the... So not only did, did they it. just accept things, their, their, I'll say, state of normalcy, what they did every day, their, their normal traditions or daily rituals, whatever way you want to phrase it, were completely removed from the Lord. So there was no need to rise up and attack them. They were just going through the motions it wasn't producing life for them but as soon as they turned to the lord that's when there was resistance that's when now clearly the enemy there was there was a need for them to for the enemy to attack them for well, the devil through the hand of the philistines that were in control of them that were ruling over them mm-hmm. to attack them up until that point there was no need but now they were, they were resisting mm-hmm. the devil. And they were doing that by first submitting to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And bringing themselves back into alignment with the Lord, with his ways. The Lord, again, being their God. Mm-hmm. And they being his people. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Anybody have any questions? Comments or anything? Okay. All right. Would like to read, uh, I'll say, verses 9 through the end of the chapter. Mm-hmm. All right, sir. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Then Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. Now, as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day, and so confused them that they were overcome before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mishpah and pursued the Philistines and drove them back as far as below Beth-Kar. Mm-hmm. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mishpah and Mishpah. Mesbah, yep, and Shin, and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they did not come anymore to the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Israel. Of Samuel. Of Samuel, sorry. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And the hand of the Lord, sorry, I read that. Then the <laughs> cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel. From Ekron to Gath, and Israel covered its territory from the hand of the Philistines. Also, there was peace between Israel and Amorites. Hmm. And Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. He went from year to year on a circuit mm-hmm. to Bethel, Gil- Gilgal, Gilgal mm-hmm. and Mizpah. And judged Israel all those places, just in Israel all those places. Mm-hmm. But he always returned to 
Rima, for his home was there. Therefore he judged Israel, and there was built an altar to the Lord. And there he built an altar to the Lord. What's the Tatan? What what was revealed? What did it speak to you? And what I mean, what did the Holy what was the Holy Spirit ministering to you? I just found it interesting that Ekron to Gath, like that area where the ark was originally held, was part of Israel's territory. I found that quite interesting that instead of taking it all the way to the actual land where the Philistines were, they put them in Israel so that I say like their land got torn up. I'd say like that. I don't think they knew the ark was gonna that they didn't know anything about the earth. Right? I mean, after that. Well, it, it's kind of, you know, when another country takes over, one country takes over another country, they occupy their land. Mm -hmm. So they take cities and whatnot. That's why the, the lords of the Philistines were there to occupy the space with Philistine people. So that way it was kind of like Israel knew, like, this is now our land. They, they took it themselves so um Actually, absolutely look at jerusalem in the time of jesus right it was occupied by rome right? yes. they had set up they were the government they installed themselves there and mm -hmm. everybody had to go through them mm -hmm. did they allow them some aspects of their their normal uh, i'll say traditions and routine sure but it was still a bringing in underneath rome okay yes yeah. Thank you. That's all the same places that were affected. By the bugs of the tumors and rats. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But it belonged to Israel to begin with. So God is still a keeper of his promises. They ended up with their land back. Right? And he, he promised them. I think we talked about this um, last week in our, our private conversation that no one can dispossess us as believers yes. and the children of Israel had a promise from God concerning the land that nobody's going to be able to keep you from it or push you out of it when you are obeying God right when he's like you're keeping my commandments that's the whole Deuteronomy 28 he gave them houses and lands that we just read in Joshua houses that you did not build and filled with all good things that you didn't put in there yourself but no one can push them out of it and no one can keep them from it. So if you're seeing being yourself being dispossessed, you're seeing, you're seeing um, defeats come your way, check yourself. Look and go, okay, Holy Spirit, did I, did I depart from the path that you told me to be on? Even if it's the smallest thing, ask God because he's righteous and he's holy. And if there's a situation that where you're looking at between the two of you, between you and God, who is not doing something they should do. <laughs> Rest and believe it's always you that needs correction, and it's never God. He's always right. Amen. So if you're noticing that you're being dispossessed and things aren't, you're not having victory, go check. And if he's like, hey, get this in line, then get it in line. Repent and apologize and get it corrected. Because you also see here, the moment they, they did, they set their heart to go after God and went after him and repented. And right there, it wasn't 15 years later after they served their penance. God is not like that. He is the one, when we confess our sins to him, 
he is righteous, right? To forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful to do this for us. He didn't say, well, after you, you know, bend your knee 15 times or whatever. He said, just come to me and I'm faithful. I'm going to forgive you from all unrighteousness. I'm going to forgive you and clean you, clean you and wash you up, right? And put you back in right standing and we're going to continue on this journey together. And he was right there and defended them and restored the land that he had originally give, given them, just like he said he would. So that meant to, you can surmise from that, that, hey, they lined themselves back up, got right back in line and in tune with the blessing, and there it is flowing in their life. It just start, started flowing. Mm -hmm. So, but on the, and on the other side of that, if you are doing what God asked you to do, and you're not out of line, you're in step with him, you can expect God to fight your battles. You can expect God to cause your enemies to be at peace with you. You can expect him to make you the head and not the tail, right? You can stand on that. You can expect it with confidence because God is exactly who he said he is. He's a good God, and he only does good things. Absolutely. I was looking at verse 13. It says, so the Philistines were subdued. They did not come anymore into the territory of Israel. Right? And then, mm -hmm. of course, the, the follow on the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. But, uh, in other words, when I look at that, the reverse of that is, or to look at it a different way, I should say, not the reverse. They had allowed them in. They had given the Philistines foothold into their life. All right. At some point. At some point, mm -hmm. clearly. But as it came as a result of disobedience, mm -hmm. they had a foothold. There's the spiritual aspect at stake here, right? We can go to Ephesians 4, 27 through 30. Give no, oh, yes, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. Rather, let him labor, work with his hands, right? All that, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying that we minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, that you where you are sealed until the day of redemption. What was that, honey? That's a, Ephesians four. Uh, starts in verse twenty-seven. Uh, give no place to the devil. All right, that's that's the, the key component there. Mm -hmm. As soon as you give place, you allow him in. You give him a foothold. Mm -hmm. And then he can freely move about the territory, right? Mm -hmm. But when we resist him, and it's the Lord that is doing it on our behalf because we are submitted to him, to the Lord, mm -hmm. that we ha the devil has no foothold. He has no entryway into our life, mm -hmm. into any aspect of our life. Mm -hmm. So just a, a lesson, a reminder for all of us. Mm -hmm. Yes, remain close to the Lord, but... Yes, in obedience, and just continually submit to the Lord. Don't give any place for the enemy. Mm -hmm. And You know, if you scoot back up to verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Exactly. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. So even if it there's not another person involved, don't be angry with God. You, you see them kind of get despondent with the Lord back in chapter, the end of chapter 6, um, because they were foolhardy in how they approached him, not reverencing it, reverencing the Lord as holy. They forgot that about him and didn't understand that he said what he said. Respect that. God said what he said. Respect what he's telling you to do. And they became despondent, so they let that 20 years go by. 
without coming to him. They let 20 years go by that they didn't love on their father and repent and be close to him and um, missed his, his presence, his protection, his blessing, the way that it, it could be, it's supposed to be, and it should be. They, they missed that. And they let that time go by without coming to him and going, God, I'm sorry. I'm wrong in this situation, not you. You're never wrong, God. You can't be wrong. But me, the fallible human, can be. So I'm sorry, God. I'm not going to let this time and distance and space go between us. I'm just not going to have it. I want to be near you. I want to be close to you. Help me to make it right with you. I may not know how to do it, but you know, God. And I know that you love me and that you're good. So I'm going to come to you versus running away and running to other gods. You understand what I'm saying? Um, they don't let that time go by. Come to him. You know, something's going on you don't understand. Don't run away from him. Come to him. Draw near to him. Amen. And he'll let you know if you've given the enemy foothold. Sometimes we can do it and we don't even know we're doing it. But, you know, it's kind of like traffic. Whether or not you see the speed limit sign doesn't change the fact that there is a speed limit. So, and that you're still accountable for knowing said speed limit. Ignorance is no excuse. <laughs> you will find, you know, if you get pulled over, most police will go, well, should have th known. that's great, but it doesn't matter. The speed limit is what it is. So likewise, there's, there's spiritual laws. And even if you are not purposely doing it, doing it, sometimes you can unaware, be unaware and allow the enemy to have a foothold. Mm -hmm. That, you know, you're not consciously, well, I didn't think it was that. You know, I didn't, you know, well, that's okay. But let God show you. And... Get it right. Once he shows you, do what he told you to do. Make it right and kick the enemy out of your land. And God will back you up. And by your land, I mean your, your life and whatever it is concerning you. And God will back you up. He will back you up. And he also mm -hmm. will restore what the enemy's taken, right? As verse 14. Mm -hmm. So the cities which Philistines had taken from Israel were restored mm -hmm. to Israel. And then also at the end, there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. We weren't at war, right? Mm -hmm. And both of those are promises of the Lord, right? He'll restore mm -hmm. all the things that the moth has taken and rust has mm -hmm. gotten. Amen. Uh, I can't remember what the scripture is right off the top of my head. But then there's also the one that says that you will make your enemies to be at peace with you. Mm -hmm. I believe that's in Leviticus 26 or Deuteronomy 28. Um, but even your enemies will be at peace with you. As by the blessings of following the Lord. Mm -hmm. Just serving him holy, being obedient, and being in obedience mm -hmm. or in alignment with him. Absolutely. So. And just just a tip. God is not about you being mistakeless. No. Hence, the whole life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the Christ. He knows. But what he is intent on is your heart. If yes. your heart is going, well, God, you know, I am going to sin. And I'm just going to do it, and you're going to forgive me. That's, that's unacceptable. That's not the right answer. But if you're going, God, I love you, and I want you, and I want to do my best for you. I'm coming after you. I want to please you. He can accept that. He can work with that all day long. And he will always be there for you. He will always intervene on your behalf, and he will keep you safe and guide you in the path and develop you and help you grow up as you go along. When you want him in your inner man, in your heart, and you love him, he will always, always, always see you through. 
and not leave you. He's not going to let you be overcome and overwashed with things. He will never do that to you. But the person that goes, well, I kind of like it. I like it a little bit, God. But, you know, this sit over here, you know I'm about to do that. And I'm living that all day long. Well, people take that perspective. I was one of those people. I like some of your ideas, Lord. Like, no. I might get in a fist fight because somebody said Jesus isn't real. But 10 minutes later, I might be cussing them out. And mm -hmm. I'm telling you. And living all kind of ungodly. That was my everyday personal life because I didn't love him. At that time, I liked some of his ideas, but I had not accepted him as my Lord and Savior. Like, to the truth, I had not done that. In spirit and truth. Mm -hmm. To the heart of my being, where I was like, God, you're mine and I'm yours. I had not done that. So I lived, like you really couldn't tell the difference between me and anybody that didn't know who God was. Except maybe I might beat you up if you said something about Jesus, but... <laughs> He didn't need me to do that. He wants me to serve him and worship him in spirit and in truth. So um, make that heart decision. And when you do, God will be there for you. Mm -hmm. Not that he doesn't protect the unbeliever, but it's not the same as his family. Amen. Anybody else have any questions or comments? Okay. Well, who wants to close us out in prayer? I will. Okay, All right, sir. Go ahead. God, I thank you for providing people with understanding of your word and providing people with a way to get back to you. Okay, just, and I also thank you for not forsaking us and keeping people in your mind and so that when they come back to you, you don't forget them. Okay, I also thank you for helping us to get back in alignment with your word and sending people to warn us, if you will, and helping us get back on, on the way, on your path. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you all. Bye. Have a great day. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.